Welcome to Episode 9 of the First Step Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to make your marriage a priority. I know this is hard when you have preschoolers, but today we have four practical steps that I think you'll like. Welcome to the First Step Podcast from your friends in Wombaland. This podcast is designed to give you practical tips that will help you lay a strong spiritual foundation in the heart of your preschooler. My name is Kendra Fleming, and I'm the host of the First Step Podcast. I've been a part of North Point Ministry staff for 17 years, and I'm the mom of four amazing and grown-up kids. Today, we're going to be talking about investing in your marriage. And investing in your marriage is really hard when you have a house full of preschoolers and you're getting very little sleep and energy is low. But today, I'm so excited because I have one of my really good friends and a really special guest with us named Matt Hayes. Thank you so much for being here, Matt. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. This is fun. Yeah, so Matt is our high school ministry director at Woodstock City Church. He's been a part of ministry for to children and families and students for really somewhere around 10 years. He's married to an awesome lady. Yes, she is. And he has four beautiful kids. Matt, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so my wife Larson and I, we met actually studying abroad in Costa Rica uh, while we were at UGA, which is uh-huh. a lot of fun. Um, but I essentially tricked her into liking me uh, almost 12 <laughs> years ago now. Uh, So we've been married for, uh, what is it, Uh, eight and a half. I should have known that quicker. That's good. Hopefully she's (laughs) going to hear this. Uh, For eight and a half years, we have a six-year-old son named Bowen uh, who recently hit three home runs in a baseball game. It's my dad dad moment of being proud. And then we have a daughter, Charlotte, who's four and a half, daughter Gwen, who's two and a half, and then a four-month-old, Violet, who turned four months this week. So we hate sleep. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I have met your whole family and your children are wonderful. And so is your wife. So Yes, she is. I know. I have four kids as well. They're all grown. But I know when Gary and I were in those like early years, it was crazy. It was busy. Sleep is hard to find for sure. Uh, I found it was really hard to make our relationship a priority. I, I'm actually not even really sure that I was very good at it or Gary and I were very good at it. So how do you do it, Matt? Four kids. That's a great question. <laughs> I, like, Legitimately, I have learned a lot from you uh-huh. from watching and listening because uh, we are we are still early on in this. So anyone listening who's wondering what in the world to do, I'm right there with you. Uh, we're not the best at it, but I think one of the things that we have really tried to prioritize is being very intentional at it mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, because we really believe that uh, putting your marriage first, it really matters. And that's yeah. kind of counter to what culture would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember growing up in college, when actually when me and Larson were dating, we watched a show, um, and if I can't say this, you can edit it out, but I think I can. <laughs> uh, we watched a show called John and Kate Plus Eight, uh-huh. and it was awesome. We loved it, all those little babies, and they had eight kids, and it was like chaos. <laughs> and then as the show was ending and, and their marriage ended up not working out, I remember very specifically hearing them say, um, well, we just need to do what's best for the kids. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me and Larson because we started to learn uh, early on in dating that really prioritizing your marriage first has to happen over your kids. Mm-hmm. And it's so counter to everything that you would hear, but mm-hmm. it really it really is true. And that the best parenting you will ever do for your kids is to build a home where the marriage comes before everything except for God. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, difficult to do, yeah. but it takes a lot of intentionality. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to figure it out. Yeah. We're not the best by any means. Yeah, I think you're pretty great at it. But uh, I, I think everybody is trying to figure this out. And just the fact that you're intentional and you're working towards it uh, will bring a lot of success to your relationship. And, and I wish parents could really hear what you're saying as far as this concept that uh, they want to you know, put the kids first or do what's best for the kids. But ultimately, you're right. Like what is best for the kids is a healthy marriage between mom and dad. Like that will bring them more stability, security, all the things they need in life. Uh, that marriage will really bring it to them. So, yeah. And when you, you know, when we talk about raising kids, the yeah. truth is like we don't want to raise kids. Right. We want to raise adults. Uh-huh. And so if you raise them as kids and you just treat them like kids, eventually you're not going to raise adults. Yeah. They have to grow up. And so... When you put your marriage first, what you're doing is you're giving them a picture of what to look forward to yeah. when they become adults. Now they have this this image of what they're going to look for in a spouse one day. Yeah. And knowing that this is the picture of what I want to go after. You're you're showing them maturity by putting your marriage first. You're doing something better for them yeah. than actually making the world about them. Because yeah. that's that. also this crazy, tough reality that yeah. the world's not about you. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a strange thing. Yeah. My my four year old daughter doesn't like that, but we're trying. We're yeah. trying to show her. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, so when we were talking, you were really sharing with me like four very practical ways that you can be intentional about your marriage, uh, even in these preschool years. And and so I would really love to just jump in and share those with our listeners so that they can really yeah. pick one or two and find some nuggets in there to really strengthen their own relationships. Yeah, and I think over our marriage, we've just really tried to to nail down with intentionality of what. What are the things that we want to make sure happens? Yeah. Um, because we know that unless um, unless we're intentional about it, it's not just going to happen. Like right. by chance, we're not just going to wake yeah. up one day and have the best possible marriage. Right. Um, so the first thing for us, like kind of number one of these yeah. practical steps, would be uh, to date each other. Mm-hmm. And that seems uh, like natural, maybe, but yeah. I think for a lot of marriages, uh, the standard is: well, now we're married. Now we made it. Yeah. Now we just live life together. Um, but the fun and the joy and the uh, the excitement that you had to the newness of dating, uh, we want to keep all the time. Mm-hmm. And my son, he has his first like crush. Yeah, I'm not going to say her name so that you know one day when that mom hears this, she's yeah. not like oh, okay. Uh, but he talks about he talks about her in the car one day. He said. Uh, Dad, do you have to marry your girlfriend? And I was like, oh, sweet mercy. You are six. Let's pump the brakes. Um, but I, but he said, Dad, do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, yes, I do. He said, but you're married to mom. I said, I know. Mom's my girlfriend. Yeah. She's my always girlfriend. Uh-huh. And the reality of boyfriend, girlfriend, you date. Yeah. And so if you keep that mentality into it, it really, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. But also it keeps it so intentional because sure. what's going to happen when you have kids? Yeah is your kids are going to take every bit of your time and they're going to demand so much of your energy, of your focus, of your attention, of your affection, of your attraction, yeah. like everything of your life. And if you aren't intentional, putting on the calendar, prioritizing number one, mm-hmm. having this set apart time together to have a date, to go and get away, uh, to, to put it into your budget, yeah. to have a babysitter or to set apart time one night a week, mm-hmm. To say we're not going to have any distractions, we're going to get away from this. We want to just focus on each other. Um, without that, you're just never going to end up getting where you want to be without yeah. that intentionality. Yeah. So my wife and I, uh, a few years ago, we realized we weren't really dating much. Right. Um, it was kind of just life was happening. Uh, Charlotte was um, one and a half, and we were pregnant mm-hmm. with Gwen, oh, our third. Wow. I was in the middle of kind of transitioning out of a job. It was just chaos had kind of entered our world. Mm -hmm. And my wife one day was like, I miss you 
and I'm tired of not seeing you. Um, we are so busy. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go into our budget and we're going to rearrange some things to make sure that before anything else happens, we know that we're going to be able to set apart some of our budget or some of our time, even if budget's not something you can do, some of our time towards each other. We're going to invest in our marriage. Uh, so we have a yearly goal of 52 dates where we date once a week. Love that. Yeah. And it may be that one week you have, you know, three dates yeah. and you just go all out. Uh, yeah. And it may be that for three weeks you don't have one. But 52 dates a year, 52 intentional moments of time uh, through the week to really just press pause. Yeah. Um, you know, God writes it into the fabric of our DNA and our wiring of what's best for us to have a Sabbath, to have that moment of let's just cease striving mm-hmm. and let's rest. It's almost like you need that Sabbath for your marriage. Of mm-hmm. let's just let's just push pause mm-hmm. on making everything better and taking care of everything else. Mm-hmm. And let's take care of ourselves. Yeah. And let's take care of this marriage that we have, this union that we have. Um, that and it's been great for us. Yeah. And we've been tr- we try to be creative, yeah. and keep it fresh. We don't yeah. go to the same place every time. <laughs> we don't do the same thing every yeah. time. Uh, and that's not easy, but no, it's, it keeps not. it fun. Yeah. Well, I love what you're saying that uh, it has to be an intentional plan. Like a lot of people get stuck on that. Like it should just be spontaneous or when the time happens, it'll happen. But we both know when you have young children, they will take up every bit of time that you give them and really every bit of money and all of those things. So carving out that time. Every bit of energy. Yes. When I get home, if it's just up to me, (laughs) I am going to like, I'm going to look at the clock and say, how fast can bedtime get here? (laughs) Yeah. And then how fast can I go lay on the sofa and watch some food show? or sports yeah for sure and but like you're not doing anything about your marriage and that you're just that's very selfish but yeah man it's all that i want yeah when you've (laughs) had a long day and you're looking at four little kids who their day's not over yet this much capacity left yes yeah for sure well i love that you carve out that time so we're going to move on to practical uh way number two and and so one thing that i know is that we're all very different and none of us actually stay the same like we're always growing maturing um, having children changes you, then moving into teenage years changes you. Like as a human being, we're we're always developing and changing. And I know uh, you said as point number two that we need to be a student of our spouse. So tell me what you mean by that. Yeah, I think it's really important to know them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I know the second clear step, but uh, the fact that I'm a man and she's a yeah. woman is is reason enough to see that we are completely different. Right. Uh, but then you add in all the wirings yeah. and the differences and this opposites attract kind of idea. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, if you look at the Myers-Briggs kind of test, this mm-hmm. these four letters, we're the exact opposite. If you look at the color test or yeah. the disc test, yeah. we're the exact opposite. Um, and then if you look at love languages, yeah. which is kind of the basis for this idea, uh, we're the opposite. So yeah. Gary Chapman, the five love languages, this idea kind of becomes this banner for our marriage where sure. we know that the best possible marriage for us is built upon us understanding the other person's language and then speaking that rather than our own. Um, looking at the other person like they are a foreign language yeah. and having to learn it just like you're a student in school. Right. Uh, so for me, the love languages that I naturally as a default would say my top two are physical touch and words of affirmation. Uh-huh. So at the end of the day, if I've told Larson how beautiful she is, how wonderful she is, how honored and proud I am to be her husband, um, and I, when I get home, I've rubbed her back and I've given her hugs. Uh-huh. I've kissed her. I've scratched her head. I've done everything uh-huh. possible to show yeah. her that I love her. Yeah. At the end of the day, if I never spoke her love languages, which are different than mine, yeah. she's going to be like, well, where was Matt today? Like, uh-huh. what? Where's my husband? I just want him here. I'm like, I overwhelmed you with love. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, <laughs> did that was you that I kissed, uh-huh. right? But for her, her love languages are quality time. 
and acts of service. Yeah. And so the best way I can love my wife is not to just speak my default language. Right. It's to come home and take the kids yeah. that she's been dealing with. She stays at home with our four kids. So yeah. take them and then do dinner for them. Say, yeah. babe, you go take a bath. I got the dishes. Go take yeah. a breath, right? They've been hanging all over you all day. Go get a second. Yeah. Uh, and then at nighttime, it's not to sit here and and, and sing sweet nothings over her. It's uh-huh. the, it's to allow her to decompress and spend quality undistracted time with her mm-hmm. it's to speak her language in the same yeah. way that if i go to a foreign country and i just sit here and try to speak english to you mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately if i only know english what i'm going to do is when you don't understand me uh-huh. what i typically do and what we laugh about seeing is people speak their native language even louder <laughs> yeah. right yeah. why <laughs> don't right it's the chris tucker like do uh-huh. you understand the words <laughs> coming out of my mouth yeah um, but that's what we do in marriage too we speak yeah. our own and then it just drives even further and you look ridiculous yeah doing that. But when you understand the other language, your empathy grows, your connection deepens, and the ability to understand each other grows. So you need to be a student of what your spouse is feeling, what they're doing, what they're thinking, the reality that, like you just said, Mm -hmm. it always grows and evolves Mm -hmm. and matures. Mm -hmm. Um, 28 years into marriage now for you. um, That is, I guarantee that if you look back when you were at the eight-year mark like we are, you were totally different people. Yeah. Right. Just the, the maturity and the wisdom that you have. Yeah. So it's this constant idea of always being yeah. a student. Yeah. A hundred percent. I really love uh, that practical point that you're giving us because, like you said, I've been married 28 years and I still make my husband do personality profile tests. He's always like, I haven't changed, but he has. <laughs> He's constantly changing and he constantly surprises me with like new things he likes to do or new things that interest yeah. him. So, um, well, we're going to link in the show notes a couple of those tests and the five love languages test because I think that would be that's such a good practical way so worth to your time. start. Yeah, so worth your time for sure. Okay. So we're going to move on to uh, practical step number three. So it's so easy to get caught up and kind of overwhelmed into the right here, right now. Like there are dishes in the sink. There are babies who are sick. Your job is stressful. All of those kind of things. But one of the like really wonderful things about being married is this idea of you have the ability to dream together. You have the ability to like create a future together. Um, You can imagine things that would be fun and wonderful and you can put things in place to make those happen. So tell me a little bit about uh, step number three. Yeah. And as you're saying the things of life, I'm like, man, I'm tired just listening to that, right? (laughs) Yeah. We will default into just Mm -hmm. coasting. Yeah. Uh, So one of the things that Larson and I try to do is is really dream together, be intentional about our goals, be intentional about our plans and what we want our life to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, what we want our life to look like 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And it's easy for us to think about that as adults, maybe with like a financial mindset yeah. of retirement's coming. Sure. But we really want to think about it in terms of a family mindset mm-hmm. where we want to raise adults, mm-hmm. not kids. Right. Uh, how are we going to get there? What experiences do we want to have? What things do we want to implant into our kids with their, mm-hmm. um, through their exposure to the world? Yeah. What bubble do we not want them to live in? Yeah. Uh, what exposure to, to everything? So for us, in some of those date nights that we have, uh, we'll just go to a coffee shop yeah. and we'll sit down with a yearly calendar yeah. and we'll try to map out, okay, when is our vacation? Mm-hmm. Like as simple as that is still dreaming together because yeah. then you're looking yeah, forward to, so fun. oh dear Lord, I just can't wait for that breath yes. when the beach <laughs> and there's sand under my toes mm-hmm. and the kids are just, I have a natural built-in babysitter yeah. called the ocean, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's as simple as what dreaming together can look like, but yeah. it can also be as big as you know, in 10 years, we want to be here. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Five years, I want to be here. This year, we want to be able to do this. Um, and I think the most practical way um, that we've experienced this is actually recently. Now, we did not do this for the first few years of our marriage. Uh, but recently, what we realized is our days are owning us instead of us owning our days. Mm-hmm. And we feel like we are always behind. Yeah. And we're waking up behind. And so we want to get to the place where like, it's not... It's not the rhythm and the routine of what has to happen in our day that determines what we do. But we set out way in advance what's going to happen today. And so for the last two months or for the fall, really, Uh we're in the middle of it right now. uh, We laid out 30 things that we want to do this fall from open all the windows and have Jamie Cullen play in the house Uh uh, to buy a screen door. Yeah. Um, carve pumpkins with the kids, make pumpkin pie, everything that you think of in this fall season. We wrote them all out on a list. And then we took a nine-week calendar and we said, okay, when are we going to do them? Mm -hmm. And we got very intentional. We dreamed together the moments we wanted to have as a family with our children. And we put them on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So there's not, it's not a, it's a non-negotiable. I know when I get home uh, tonight, Mm -hmm. we're carving pumpkins. I don't have another option. And then it sets my expectations Uh to that when I come home, I'm not going to go and wait for bedtime to come and then go sit on the sofa and just zonk out i'm going to be intentional with my time and i think that dreaming together just does that it allows you to get where you want to go because you're never just going to coast there you're not just going to end up one day where you want to be right it takes that intentionality it does it definitely does um okay so when your house is full of little children and sleep is a minimum we've already kind of established that's where you're at right now and always energy is low uh (laughs) it is so easy to let uh sex just slide right off the radar so talk to me about step number four yeah, I love talking about this one because I'm sure that <laughs> half the people listening are like, what? Uh, yeah. Did he just say the S word? Uh-huh. Yes, we yeah. did. Um, yeah. I, I really like talking about this, uh, the reality of this, and not because me and Larson are some experts at it, um, and not because we don't have seasons where we uh, have less sex or that we have this amazing sex life. Uh-huh. Um, it's great, yeah. and it's evolving and growing and maturing, and we talk uh-huh. about it, and we're vulnerable, we're honest, but... I think the biggest thing in this season of our life is um, we want to be intentional about making this a priority. Yeah. And so really this this fourth step is the reality of you have to prioritize it. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is not because you have to prioritize this feeling you get from a, a climax through sex. Yeah. Because the best sex you will ever have uh-huh. is when you are focused on the other person before yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it comes back to this selfless nature of being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when you prioritize your marriage first yeah. above your kids and above mm-hmm. even your own desires, even like, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but there's a fifth season of chef's table that's out. Like you should <laughs> yeah. drop everything you have, go to Netflix and watch <laughs> chef's table. This yeah. is what, this is how we feel. We yeah. are very much evangelizing yeah. chef's table. Um, but for us recently, it's been like, but we've got to figure out a way, right. even with a four month old and a two and a four and a six year old mm-hmm. who are all the time everywhere and so alive and so busy and so involved in everything until like 8 p.m. every night. We got to figure out a way that when they go to bed or if we wake up early before they get up to just make this time to set everything else aside and to say, we want to focus on each other. And the primary way that God has designed in marriage Mm -hmm. for this union, this intimacy, this oneness to occur is through sex. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it in this spiritual sense, Everything the enemy wants to do mm-hmm. is drive a wedge through your marriage. Mm-hmm. He wants to take everything God wants to bring this life into 
And he wants to steal and kill and destroy it. He wants to divert everything of that joy that you can experience. And if the closest, most intimate moment you're ever going to have in your marriage is through this reality of sex, then you have to prioritize it. It can't become last um, because of what it says about each other. Mm -hmm. And this is super fresh for us. Um, So my wife uh, recently listened to something where um, they were talking about the desire to have sex. Uh And there was a a psychologist who was on who was saying, having sex Mm -hmm. uh, after you have babies uh, it's just not easy. Yeah. Right? It's not like uh, you wake up and like, hey, you ready to do this thing? <laughs> that just doesn't happen as much because you got babies. Yeah. For her, she has a baby hanging over all over her all yeah. day long. She's nursing our four-month-old. Yeah. She doesn't want me touching her. Yeah. Um, but the example they said was, uh, if I walk in a room and I say, uh, who wants chocolate? Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably going to raise their hand. Yeah. But if I ask the question, who walked in here wanting chocolate? Yeah. Maybe three people raise their hand. Yeah. And so this constant always desire to have sex doesn't mean that you don't want it. It just means that it need, it may need to be introduced uh-huh. patiently, yeah. slowly, yeah. Um, take time, take intentional, uh-huh. undistracted time yeah. to set aside these moments of like, I'm just going to be intimate with you. Yeah. And even if it means that tonight uh-huh. I'm going to go and give you a massage for an hour uh-huh. and nothing comes out of it for me, yeah. I get to watch you relax and be enjoyed and feel fulfilled Mm -hmm. and i get to speak and sing this Mm -hmm. significance or this security into you and love you in the greatest possible way um the the thing that we want so many times in marriage is if Mm -hmm. is for it to just happen in this fantasy movie setting yeah and that's just not reality a lot especially Mm -hmm. when you have little kids um so it may even mean that you have to schedule it Mm -hmm. which sounds like the least sexy enticing thing in the world but if you do it, you set the expectation of, okay, tonight, yeah. tonight I'm going to put on my best yeah. and he better get ready. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. or tonight she is going to be so uh-huh. relaxed. It's going to be great for me and for her. Like yeah. have fun and talk about it. The within marriage, it's this taboo subject in our culture that we shouldn't talk about sex or that we can't mm-hmm. experiment or try or do whatever it is we want. And I think that's just so backwards. Mm-hmm. You can experience so much joy and fun. Like you want to, you want to date each other. Yeah. Okay. When you were dating, all you wanted to do was have was have sex. Yeah. And so now that you are married uh-huh. and you get this freedom, guilt-free sex date that leads to that, yeah. where then you can build in these moments of intimacy together to really uh-huh. drive you closer together than further apart. You need to be a united front. Yeah. And when you get fulfilled in that way, it's just it leads to more grace. It leads to more kindness. It leads to. Um, more mercy for each other. Yeah. Your fighting gets less and you just love each other more. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you have used that word intentionality a lot and we're about to wrap up, but I just wonder, do you have any like closing thoughts? Because I hear a lot of intentionality in how you approach your relationship with your wife. And that's one reason I really wanted to talk with you today because you're known for that. So uh, as before we wrap up, tell me just a little, you know, your final thoughts. Yeah, um, we are not the best at this. And I think I've said that a few <laughs> times. Um, and being intentional with the things that you want, really what it does is it says, I don't want to do just what's good. I want to do what's best. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of things that are good. Um but there's only really this opportunity to do what's best once. Yeah. Uh, you only get to raise your kids once. Mm-hmm. You only get to be married once. Like there's this mm-hmm. one opportunity to live out today. Um, so I think that that if you don't if you don't choose intentionality in your marriage to connect to date mm-hmm. together, 
to dream together, to to learn each other, to prioritize sex, all these all these different steps. If you're not intentional about them, they're not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think any single person listening right now would say, yeah, five years from now, I'm going to be the exact same person in the exact same place where I am right now. Yeah. Um, but you're never going to wake up five years from now and just end up there. Yeah. Uh, maturity, as we all know, because yeah. we have children, if you're listening, maturity is not the default. Mm-hmm. None of our kids are born mature. Right. You have to grow into it. And so I think there's just this growth that's possible for marriage. There's a story for everyone that includes a better marriage. Yeah. And so much of it is just this, uh, to use Andy Stanley's language, it's a submission competition. Mm-hmm. If I am trying to just outsubmit and outserve my wife, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has ever had their marriage fail because they said, he just serves me too much. Mm-hmm. They love me way too much. I can't do it. Yeah. No one would ever say that. It's when our selfishness and our pride gets in the way. That, that things and tension starts to rise. So that's a, that's a big challenge for some people. Yeah. It's a hard thing to think about. Yep. Um, but really what it does is it sets up your children to understand the healthiest possible relationship. Yep. It allows them to see fair fighting whenever you have conflict, going out it the right way. Um, but really it allows them to see, I got two parents who love each other, mm-hmm. who try really hard at this thing, because marriage is incredibly fun, hard work. Yeah. And you get sure. to practice it every day. Yeah. Okay, parents, I was so excited that you got to hear from Matt. Matt, thank you so much for being here with us today. It was just great to talk with you. Thank you. Kendra, we love you. I love you. I'm so honored to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you. So Matt shared four practical ways to strengthen your marriage. Number one, date your spouse. Number two, be a student of your spouse. Number three, dream together. And number four, prioritize sex. Now, listen, I don't know where you're at in your relationship. And you may be sitting here thinking like, I'm far away from 52 dates a year. So what I would really encourage you to do is like grab a piece of paper and choose a nugget. Take a step. Move your relationships forward. Um, Maybe it is you just set the goal that in the next four weeks, we're going to have a date night. Uh, Maybe you're going to go download the uh, five love languages test and both of you are going to take it and you're just going to have a discussion and learn a little bit more about each other. I don't know what stood out to you, but I really hope you will jump in and and begin to put this into practical application in your own relationships. I hope this content has been very helpful to you. And I'm so thankful that you are here with us today. I would really appreciate it if you would actually go and subscribe to this podcast. Um, When you go and subscribe and you rate this podcast, it helps us push it out to more people. And it also allows us to get this kind of content in a regular feed for you. So if you don't mind, uh, go and subscribe. We'll put the link to subscribing in our uh, show notes. And thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope this content was really helpful and I hope you have a great week.